Oh my god. This is terrible. Ugh. <laughs> okay. This is from at H Manus. You are officially on my shit list. This is advice for Virgos. And we all just wanna feel, wanna be real. Yeah, we all just wanna Hey Woo Woo Crew. Hi. I'm Ilana. I'm Jack. And welcome to another episode of The Vicious Virgos. Today, we're going to be finishing off our two-part series of your relationship questions. So that's what we're going to be doing today. If you have any other questions, we'll get to them at another time. Correct, Jack? Yep. Okay. So we're going to get started because this is a long episode. I don't think this one's as long as the last one. It's going to be, it's just, it's going to be lengthy. We have to get it. Okay. Here we go. Jack, this is great. This is this is blank. Yeah, this is blank. So I just want everyone to know we left. We did some research on things to answer questions for other people. And we left this one specifically blank because of the situation that I have put myself in voluntarily. So uh, Jack Bray, which is funny because yeah, uh, 80, 81, I think. Yeah, um, they wanted some relationship advice. So their birthday is nine four eighty two. So they're a Virgo, and his birthday is one two eighty one. He's a Capricorn. Will it work out? So let's talk about how weird this is because my birthday <laughs> is 9687 and my Capricorn's birthday is January 3rd. Yeah, it is weird. I was thinking the same thing. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's a love hate for me. It's funny because I've, as if you guys have been listening to the podcast, you know that I'm so obsessed with Virgo and Capricorn. It's changing. However, it's changing. As I have inter- involved myself recently with lots of Capricorn, and this isn't coming from one person with lots of them, I am learning that I find them quite difficult and a little draining, and it just feels boring. So I don't know anymore. My life has been turned upside down. I think I think that this is a great case of if they are on the same page and the right time in their lives, it works beautifully. And if they are not, it is not good. That's how I feel. You have to be in the right. You have to want the same. You're both. So you're both like a year apart. So you might want the same things. But I do think that you both have to be in a very good place where you both want commitment. You're both ready, willing to put the relationship before everything. That's I, important. I'm curious as to there's a couple things going on here. So one. So they're in their 40s. Right. So the Capricorn might be in a position where they can put the relationship before their career. I'm also curious if there's been any previous marriages or if there's children involved. Okay. Because that changes things as well. Right. As like if the Virgo has been married previously and has children, obviously that's going to be like your number one thing. And you're going to be very protective over that. And it's probably going to cause some issues in your relationship with the Capricorn because even though they want their independence and they want to exert that, they still want to feel like number one. Yeah, maybe. Right. Whereas like if you have a Capricorn who has had their, you know, had a previous marriage, has children, they don't need you to make them number one. They already put themselves there. So the issue that you're going to have is gaining their trust because they're going to think that everyone's going to behave like previous, like their previous spouse. Sure. Yeah. So I can see some insecurities that can be carried over there. I think for, okay. So like, let's be brutally honest. I think when a Virgo and a Capricorn get together, it's very Zen. Very Zen. It's yeah. very Zen. You sit, you don't talk to each other. You can just be, you're breathing. Very there. calm. You, yeah. Yeah. You generally tend to have the same interests. You can get on the same like wavelength. You can both work towards a goal together. You have good sexual chemistry. Yeah. Good communication. It's fantastic. 
what's the big issue is actually the communication. Yeah. Both of you tend to like you're direct with everyone else, but you're not direct with each other. No, it's kind of funny to watch. It's like they're interviewing each other, but they don't actually get it's like they're walking around this giant sinkhole and they're like, what's the problem? There's a giant elephant in the room, but let's not talk about it. Yeah. So basically what Ilana is saying is that there's some things that have not been said in my relationship and she would really like them to be said for her own value and entertainment just to see what happens next. I don't think it's a value entertainment <laughs> thing. It's more like a when you see your friend hurting because someone isn't willing to shit or get off the pot, it's irritating to those involved. So you just change your perspective, right? Not you. You're, you know, the people around you. So I would recommend that... And, I, and this is blanket advice for everyone. I would go into anything like this with no expectations. I would look at this person as someone who is going to be similar to you. And that's going to be great. And you're going to enjoy that. I'm really curious as to what the rest of your charts look like, though, because you could be someone who maybe you have Sagittarius in your chart and you need excitement. And let's say this person is literally just Capricorn in their chart. And you're yeah. just like, you're boring. That's important. Right? Yeah. So like these things are really, really important. And when it comes to relationship advice, I mean, come on, it's just the basics. Be nice to each other. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you being the Virgo, him being the Capricorn, make sure that he pays for your dates at least like 50% of the time because he's still a Capricorn. Yes. And they're I cheap. Agree. Yes. They're very cheap. <laughs> and you're going to be like, I want to go someplace nice. And they're going to be like, mm, what if instead we go to Chick-fil-A? <laughs> and it's like... No. And you're like, I want that, but also no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, let's do that on Saturday. Yeah. But tonight, I already booked us reservations yeah, at exactly. Mastro's and you're paying, right? So they'll appreciate the assertiveness, but just make sure you don't spend too much of their money because, you know, then there's that. Um, which leads me to this show that I've been watching. And I swear to God, like J.K. Simmons plays the older man in it. And they he takes this. It's called uh, Night Sky. It's freaking hilarious. They have this like stranger that shows up at their house and he takes everyone out for breakfast and the guy's really hungry. He's like, oh, I want this, this, this and this. He goes, well, I'm just going to have coffee so that way I don't have to file bankruptcy. And then the guy, forget, I was laughing and I was like, oh my God, he must be a Capricorn. And then they're driving home. He gets car sick and he throws up in the back of his car. He goes, well, there goes a $60 breakfast. And I was oh, like, God. Capricorn. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Do you think, do you think that there's anything that we should help her with? No, I just think. You need to figure out what you want. And if you don't get it, you move on. Like, that's literally how I feel about Capricorn and Virgo. Very direct because these two could be with each other forever and there's no resolution. That was always my experience with the three that I was with is that we just were not in the same place. And if we were in the right place, I think we would have been beautiful together. But because we weren't, I moved on. And so I you have, have to no idea that why you pushed me to date one. I don't know. I regret it instantly. And I hope he hears that. Okay. Oh, no. Moving on. So keep going. Okay. You're going to love this question. I can't believe you just said that you regret setting me up with him now. Because uh, it doesn't work out. I'm going to feel bad about it. You're not going to feel bad. Don't feel bad. Keep it's going. an experience. Everybody okay. needs experiences. So this is from, oh, this person submitted a question uh, to the Mercury retrograde one as well. Awesome. So this is Kian or Kuhn or whatever, uh, underscore 2179. My friend is an Aries and is vulnerable with me. I am a Gemini and I don't know how to handle it. Okay. How do I? I love this. I love (laughs) So Aries get vulnerable by trying to be present for what they're feeling. It doesn't matter if they're feeling sad or hopeless, afraid, et cetera. They try to accept what they're feeling. They sit with it. They see their vulnerability and they allow those feelings to play out in a really natural way. 
Aries have a reputation for taking risks and being fearless. So when they are at their most vulnerable, they're talking about their fears. And if Aries doesn't trust their partner completely, they will not open up to you. So if they're opening up to you, your friend is opening up to you. That is like a really, really big deal for Aries because they have to put their guard down. So even if they you they do trust you, they still have to make an effort to be vulnerable enough to be real about the things that scare them. Gemini is obviously a mutable sign, which means they're very adaptable. They're masters of change. They're curious. So let's talk about what makes someone detached. Emotional detachment means an inability or unwillingness to connect with other people on an emotional level. This Hi, is Gemini. Let's be friends. This is Gemini. Let's be friends. So to Gemini and the people that love them, that description can seem painfully accurate. And there are a lot of reasons for that. So you're an air sign and you're mutable. So you're basically all about logic. You'll never find Gemini also in a spot for a long time enough to even really get emotionally attached to something. Restlessness can really get on people's nerves, but it's not intentional. If Gemini is mad at you, you definitely are going to feel detachment from them, but Gemini are going to want to have conversations and try to fix that. Once again, Aries are more of the mind of let's feel our feelings and talk about that. And Gemini wants to just sort of make everything a logical conversation. So because of their rapid fire knowledge of almost every subject, it may seem like Gemini is losing the focus of your conversation or drifting off elsewhere. And Aries doesn't like that. That's where I think that these two butt heads, because Aries wants you to, as Jack would say, get in the hole with them. And Gemini is like, wait, let's talk about this. Let's talk about other things. Actually, what did I was like? Squirrel. Like, that's literally what I think of when I think of Gemini. They're the masters of avoidance. Masters of avoidance. They're not very great at being present in the moment. At even the hint of awkwardness, they run for the hills or they change the subject. But Gemini who want to work on vulnerability are probably the most interesting people that I know because, and I actually know a few of them and I like them a lot. Vulnerability requires a lot of trust with another person. You have to trust people when you're vulnerable. You have to trust yourself. You have to trust, but most importantly, you have to trust yourself. The ability to be vulnerable requires you to believe oh, that you're worthy of a I deep connection. <laughs> yeah. You might think being vulnerable is weak. This is actually a, a giant fallacy in our society that they say that women are weak. That's like a big thing. And men are supposed to be strong. And my therapist always says there's no such thing as that. There's, there's just no such thing as the male, the men, what is it? The male ticket and the woman, female ticket. Like she's like, you're just who you are. And the truth is that it is so much more strong to be vulnerable and open yourself to the possibility of being hurt. It makes you a way stronger person, more emotionally intelligent. And to be honest with you, it makes your relationships way more intimate. And the, all the studies I saw, the people that have more fulfilling relationships are people that are vulnerable and open up emotionally. People that do not do that tend to have decaying relationships from what I read. So it can, it can, if you're not vulnerable with someone, it makes you feel really lonely and isolated and you feel really disconnected from your partner, especially physically. And then you have like these underlying disagreements. So my biggest advice, dear, dear Gemini, sorry. And that's once again, a slip is that you need to do your best to stay present in the moment when your Aries friend is being vulnerable with you. Try really hard. Try really hard. I know it's hard. But look at it as we have different strengths. This person is emotionally vulnerable, which is strong. It is strong and beautiful and, and artistic and grounding and, and human. And I, the logical person that I am, am so great at asking questions and trying to, and I'm so curious and I really want to know what's going on. So I think that I can like learn more about what they're feeling and that will help me in turn be more vulnerable and it will help them to learn to sort of feel more grounded in their, I don't know, like 
ability to understand their emotions from a more logical perspective. Not only that, but everyone knows if you're in a relationship, whether that's a friendship or a partnership or anything like that, when you're sharing yourself and someone asks you questions, nothing makes you feel more heard than when someone asks you questions while you're trying to be vulnerable. Yes. Oh my God. And honest, because it makes them feel heard. And like, I know that being vulnerable can cause a lot of anxiety and uncertainty, but it 100% will increase your intimacy and connection with your friend. And remember that being vulnerable, it's not easy. It takes a lot of patience and it takes a lot of practice. So if you don't do it, you're never going to get better. My mom always says like, if you're not going to tell them what you want or you're not going to be open, you're not going to listen, then you're never going to get better. It's literally like being, you know, wanting to jump off a high dive. You have to slowly get to the edge before you do it or just do it. So the rewards, if you do do this, is a very strong connection where you're both going to feel heard, valued, and understood. And I think that that's worth the risk. I, I cannot advocate enough to listen to people when they express their emotions and to not judge them. And I mean, I do it all the time where like people are being really emotional and I'll be like, ugh. but like, I know in the back of my head, I'm like this, you're such a freaking hypocrite because you're so emotional. So just remember emotions are not weak and you're not dumb. If you don't understand them, you're just, as my therapist likes to say, you're at different connections of, of intimacy and being deep. You don't have to be on the same level of each other. You just have to be willing to listen to each other. The only reason, and I'm and I'm going to argue with you about you being like, ugh, they're being so emotional is because you feel like the place of work has no room for emotions. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that but makes like sense. in your personal life, so like, it's totally fine. Oh yeah. Like, no, I, lo- I, I think it's hot. <laughs> I but love like in the place emotional. of work, you're like, no, no. Yeah, like, I agree. There have you have to separate, which is some to be a thing with Gen Z. Okay, <laughs> Jack. Moving right along, let's roll over that real quick. Jen Arville asked Pisces cusp three seventeen and my boyfriend Capricorn. Why does he want me if I'm too much? I think, and I'm just gonna assume what she's saying is, why does he want to be with me if he thinks I'm too much? Let's just read it from that perspective. Let's just read it from that perspective. And I hate that word too much. No, it's, I'm going to get into that. No, I'm going to get into it too. So there's a couple bullet points that I'm just going to like briefly discuss and then we can talk about this because I like having more spontaneous conversations. So water and earth go really well together. Duh. We know this. Okay. That's fine. As a Pisces, I think one of the reasons that you intrigue Capricorn is because you're emotional, raw, creative, you're a dreamer. You're essentially everything that Capricorn is not and will never be. So while you may hear this frequently that you're a lot because people who are uncomfortable with emotions and real conversations will tell you that. And yes, this is coming from an Aquaman who struggles to vocalize her feelings, but I still feel this way. You still complete them. It's that Capricorn is jealous. Yeah. They'll never admit it. They'll no. never show it, but they're jealous because they don't have it in them to create what you are so capable of. And so they'll put you down by being like, you know what? You're just a lot like you're too much. Yeah. I can't right now. It's more like they're saying this is too much for me. Instead of saying you're too much, it's more this is too much for me. I don't know how to comprehend this. It's too much for me. Right. Like this is like they're think of them as being overstimulated. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Right. It's like when you pet an animal too many times, they turn around by you. It's kind of like that. It's like when I have a partner that's really affectionate. I it's too much for me. So I might find myself being like, this is too much. You do that all the time. Yeah, but I, I like I like to say this is too much for me because I like to take ownership of like, this is a lot for me right now. And I think that's probably what they probably should say. But remember, like, I, I, it's really sad that you're like, why are they still want God, such a Pisces thing to say? Why would they still want me if I'm too much? Like, because people are annoying. Sometimes we get each other's nerves. Like, well, not only that, but think about it. They're looking at you as the other puzzle piece. Yeah. Right. That's annoying. So so whether or not, you know, like 
two earth signs will come together and we'll be like, cool, we made the same puzzle, but mine has a tree and yours has a bush. When an earth sign meets a water sign, they're like, oh, I've been missing this like corner piece and I think you might fit. Right. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you you provide this completely different unknown reality to them that complements them in such a way where they just they're they like crave you, but they don't know what to do with you. And it Absolutely. requires it requires a really uh, emotionally intelligent earth sign to be able to handle water signs. I, I firmly believe that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah you ha- Yes. Just I mean, I want to keep this one short and sweet, honestly, because. I feel like I don't want you to even give in to the idea that you're too much. You're not. Because take it from someone who has a lot of Pisces in their life that I often feel are too much. It's really just me being incredibly uncomfortable with somebody that doesn't think like me. So just, it doesn't feel like me. So just try really hard to know that it's just, it's just discomfort and discomfort's not a bad thing in a relationship. It's actually good. It shows how you're growing. Yeah. When you have too much complacency, it can be really freaking boring and I don't want that. So we love an earth and water combo and you'll be just fine. We do. You'll be just fine. Just, you know, and if you're not, then move on. You'll be okay. So here's a question from Amy Shamami. Oh my God. I love love this. This is so cute. So she's a Gemini. He's an Aries. Okay. So on the surface level, this is a very passionate, energetic, curious match. It's, honestly a very good match on the surface but it's not always the most healthy because this is a a a duo that fights with their words and with verbal aggression it's not always the best combination the good thing is that neither are really that sensitive or easily hurt so it can be exciting and unique for both of them if they can make it work so Aries is a warrior by nature so when it comes to things like sex it's, it's interesting because one is more physical and one is more verbal. So I do see them having like a really, honestly, the full package when they're having sex. I think their main goal is to stay as inhibited as possible. So the air sign of Gemini can give oxygen to the fire of Aries, which I thought was really cool. I like that. You like it? No, no, yeah. <laughs> no, I do. I was, it's funny. Cause I'm thinking of fire extinguisher for some reason. Oh but God. Like, that's just my, okay. that's just well, me being uncomfortable. No. So <laughs> more like fan the flame. So I, the biggest problem here is they have a lack of trust. Aries is really passionate. It's ruled by Mars, lots of jealousy. And then Gemini is ruled by Mercury, the Zodiac's trickster, always changing their faces that they were to people. That's why people call them two-faced. So I think that most Gemini re- representatives aren't even aware of their individuality. They're convinced that they just change overnight. And then Aries knows exactly who they are. That's why Aries might get angry. And then Gemini will get distracted and distant to the point where Aries starts looking for another partner, even if the relationship has not ended. And Gemini doesn't even care or notice anymore. So this is why they have to, Aries is simply just needs to understand the master of conversation. Gemini is the master of conversation. If they can talk about how they're feeling, yeah, if they can talk about how they're feeling, they're going to be great because Gemini can teach Aries you know, how to express themselves and what they need. And it's a, it's a good thing. And Aries needs to allow their ego also to be submissive in their relationship a little bit sometimes so that they don't allow themselves. They, they understand that Gemini can change and they just have to like get used to that. And Gemini, I think also talks a lot and that can be really challenging for Aries. Aries likes to talk a lot. So they have a little bit of like, I don't know, they have to have discernment and listen to each other more. Gemini can be very good at listening. This is, this is a emotional compatibility as well can be a little bit tricky because 
Aries has this like warm, passionate, emotional depth and Gemini is, doesn't really like to go beneath the surface cause they have like s- severe, you know, ADD sometimes and they sort of don't know what they're focusing on. Squirrel. Exactly. So the good thing is that Aries does not lack the fierceness to turn Gemini's attention to them and make them listen. And when they manage to connect in a constructive dialogue, it's possible for them to explain to each other where they stand, how they feel. And that sets a really good foundation for all their emotional exchanges. So I think the coolest thing here is that Gemini is very clear about what they need and very concise. And Aries really likes that. Like they're really like aroused by how like direct Gemini is. But the problem once again is like they have to sort of ebb and flow with their changes, but they're attracted to that. So that's something they have to just work on. I think that the overall impression is that it's a really good, exciting and challenging relationship. But I think that, and they learn a lot. Like I do equate it to like a Virgo and a, uh, and a, and a Pisces where they kind of teach each other things. I know they're not opposites, but I still think it's, it's a, we talked about like the complimentary elements. Yeah. It's, it's the body and the mind. So it's, it can be really cool, but they have to work on their lack of trust. If Aries gets too attached to Gemini, always fighting for their freedom, that's going to be an issue. They have to have a really like a lot of conversations and they need to talk more about sort of the aspects of the relationship that they need to work on. They need to not kind of flee. In general, though, I think that they'll end up together because they have this like love a big adventure and they can kind of get through anything and they don't hold grudges. Well, yeah, they're they're also yes people. Yeah. One hundred yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Except <laughs> yes, but is Gemini. Yes, but I need to know more. And Aries is like, yeah. So I, that's where I think it's cool. Aries is like, yeah. How much does it cost? Yeah. Or just, you know, how, you know, can we leave tomorrow? Like they're very, right. they're fun, man. They're so much fun to be around. And Gemini is too. So I do see them working. It's just, it's kind of like, it kind of reminds me actually a little bit of Pisces and Scorpio. It's like the possessive jealous one. And then the one that's like, oh my god okay i see that yeah and it's like they just have to get on the same page and they can totally work it out i mean i love fire and air together so i give it i give it a good match okay jack this is from morning cloud rumbly okay okay um how do i befriend a shy leo as a gemini sun leo moon cancer rising well thank you for sharing your big three but that was completely unnecessary (laughs) I mean, I do. I think you're literally just asking, how do you befriend a shy Leo? I've never met a shy Oxymoron. Leo. Oxymoron. I've never yeah. met a shy Leo. Yeah. Very big so, paradox. So I'm very curious as to what the, I wonder if they have like a Virgo moon and their Virgo rising. I don't know. I like don't it's know. possible. Yeah. Like or, or cancer maybe. Cancers aren't really known to be oh super shy. Oh my God. Shy. So that's exactly what they're known for. They're being, uh, yes, all, all water signs are shy. That's what they're known I for. I see that. Oh, my God. They're the shyest sign. Cancer and Pisces. Cancers, I know, like, party way too fucking hard. No. Cancers, I know, do not do that at all. <laughs> mm, I beg to differ. We know someone who literally shows nothing but selfies. Okay. Continue. Yes. Anyway. So. That doesn't mean you're not shy. Whatever, dude. She's so not shy. She's, like, the person who's going to go flash people. Um, But she's gross. So, let's move on. So, not that Cancers are gross, but she's just gross. Anyway. Okay. I digress. B self-assured every leo likes someone who has a lot of confidence right they themselves are known for exuding confidence everyone wants to be the leo like everyone looks at them they're like wow like you didn't even try and you are just like killing it you know so they want to be around people that also have that same energy you have a gemini sun you totally have that energy you'll be fine like you'll be okay so you just need to kind of like work through whatever self-esteem issues you may have with your cancer rising, but having a Leo moon, you should be good to go. Yeah, I agree. You have a lot in common. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, also, the fact that you have a Leo moon and they have a Leo sun. That's a great pairing, just so you guys know. Leo loves positive energy. They're like, woo, right? Like, they do have bad days sometimes, but they prefer to be upbeat and positive if they can, which means, again, surround yourself with super positive people. We also believe that, you know, try not to be self-centered because you don't want to take the attention away from them. I know that sounds weird, but, you know, just go for that. Smile, ask them lots of questions. They love to talk about themselves. So literally, the more questions you can ask them, the better. Like, Ilana, can you name a Leo that doesn't just want to talk about themselves? No. <laughs> but but they might, you know, ask them meaningful questions. It, don't just ask them, what did you eat today? No, like, no, ask no, them, no, like, no, no, what no. are your what are your aspirations? Like, they want deep, meaningful, authentic questions. Or like, or like, let's talk about your childhood. Like, Yeah, what's your favorite song? You could ask about music, like things that are just meaningful and deep for them. Or their yeah. family, ask about their family. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's, of course, yeah, everybody loves compliments. Words of affirmation are probably close to, if not this, you know, this sign's love language. Um, there is noted, too, though, that, like, if you're going to go do something with them, plan an activity. Go outside. Like, go canoeing or kayaking. I'm so Pacific Northwest right now. I am so sorry, Alana. Like, go hiking. Like, go, go shopping. Yeah. There you go. See, now she's bringing the LA in. I'm, I need to get out of Seattle, even though, like, I haven't been there in over a year. But just, like, find activities. And I think what the most important thing is, too, is don't compete with them. Like, do not compete with them. I think that the moment you start competing with a Leo, that's when things get really dark. And I'm going to tell you from personal experience, they get really dark. Yeah, it's I agree. I agree. It's bad. Yeah. Just say what you need and just be direct. And that's it. Don't expect anything more. Yeah. Like things get real dark. So just like be aware. And I I mean, as long as like the, when the two of you are together, just make them feel special. They're super confident, but they always love to know that you think that they're amazing too. They love gifts. If you can like surprise them with like a, oh my God, I was just thinking of you card. They will like literally be over the moon. If you're fake, they'll see right through you and they will drop you faster than like there's empty Starbucks in a trash can. Like I yes. swear to God, <laughs> like it's, I know I I'm trying so hard to come up with any type of analogy and my brain is just not functioning on that wavelength today. So, I mean, what are your thoughts? Like, talk to me. Like you have Leo friends. None of our Leo friends are shy though. I mean, I don't know a Leo that's shy, but I do know that they can be, uh, they can be uh, reserved. I've definitely seen them reserved because they're afraid of, being heard and they just like they just want really meaningful relationships so I don't know my best advice is just everything that she said and uh, <laughs> my smile. best advice is listen to Jack <laughs> a smile goes a really long way with the Leo just putting it out there smiles go a really really long way well yeah because you can tell a lot about a person by how they smile at you yep. whether you smile with like just your teeth or if your eyes or if you like are glowing or like this is her rising Leo coming out you know yeah. I love it but okay, well, that's wrapped up. I hope you got what you needed. So Lonnie, Bukowski, babe, needs some advice on a friendship. They're a Scorpio and their bestie is a Libra. Okay, so these are two signs that I think are extremely attracted to one another on friendship and otherwise because they have like strong personalities. They can be really intense, especially when it comes to their close friendships. And they both like the finer things in life. So I do think that they have major differences as sextile signs. So Libra is obviously an air sign. Scorpio is a water sign. So they approach friendship from a really different perspective. Libra is more interested in intellectual conversations. Scorpio is more interested in like these intense emotional conversations. So they're 
literally complete opposites. Scorpios are this very loyal sign. Their love runs deep. And then Libra are loyal, but they can be quite fleeting. So it can make it difficult for you two to connect on a deeper level. But I think if you're willing to work hard on your friendship, it obviously can be a very rewarding experience. And I think that it can be a really special experience. One of the biggest challenges I think for them is that they both like to be in control. So Scorpio can be very demanding and Libra doesn't really like, like that in a friend. And then Scorpio is also like really possessive and that can also make Libra really uncomfortable. But if they are able to set some boundaries, that's going to go a really long way in their friendship. So the only way for a Libra to get in the good graces of someone like Scorpio is with a lot of honesty showing them love. There are lots of other little things that Libra can do to kind of strengthen their relationship and be more supportive. I feel like as a Scorpio, I would never trust a Libra. Whatever. So <laughs> <laughs> look, you both have a lot to offer. You both compliment each other. Um, you're, I think if you're looking for a friend who's really laid back and easy, like Libra is a really good match for you, but you should be aware that Libras are just really indecisive. They're kind of superficial. And so, you know, if you're looking for someone it, being a friend with like a Scorpio that's really loyal and committed can be a really perfect union because I don't, you balance each other out. The problem, like I said, is, is the secrecy and the mystery. And that's something that's going to kind of be a thorn in their relationship. So you, you need to be honest with one another and that's kind of hard for Libra, but that's something she's, they're going to need to work on. And in order for a Scorpio to have a successful friendship, they need to be able to communicate what they need in a friendship to someone like Libra and not hide things. Uh, the other thing is, you know, they're both pretty social signs, but I think that Scorpio is a lot more, um, like social one-on-one and Scorp Libra wants to have like a lot of different friends. So just kind of maybe understand that when you go out, maybe you're not going to hang out together. Maybe you're going to have different, uh, friend groups. Maybe you got your relationship is more one-on-one. That's something I could totally see with these signs. So just here's some, here's some of our favorite tips. So give each other space, be honest and open with each other. Make decisions together to reach a middle ground. Enjoy change and variety. Laugh together and support each other. In terms of friendship, I think these this can be a really ideal match. Um, and even soulmate signs, honestly, because they have a lot to offer and they complement each other. But um, they need to just kind of get on the same page about, you know, what about their relationship and be able to separate it from the other relationships in their lives. So I kind of want to expand on what you just said too, because I know this person reached out to us about friendship and you highlighted soulmates and I, Ilana doesn't believe soulmates exist, but we have had multiple discussions about the I fact, believe in multiple soulmates, but yes, we've had multiple discussions too about the fact that your soulmate can end up being your best friend. Yeah. 100%. Like, like literally. And also your soulmate isn't someone that you also have to like all the time or no. agree with all the time or that you're not allowed to fight with them or argue no. with them. If anything, a soulmate is going to annoy you the most. Exactly. Because, yeah. well, it, I think that also has to do with a lot of shadow work too, yeah. because there's so many things about, you know, whoever this partner is that you're going to notice all these annoying things about them that are really just shit that you don't like in yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Right? So I just want to put that out there in case you were like, wait, this is my friend. Like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? Soulmates. Like I will say until I'm blue in the face that I would consider Ilana to be one of mine. Yep. I agree with you that you are one of mine. Yes. No, I am. You are one of mine too. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like it's a two way street. I feel like if one person is it, then you have both. That's embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Moving on. All right. So. This is from Ivy Gore 7. How can I help when my Virgo Venus Leo son friend is confused whether or not they have a crush on someone? Which is funny because 
Oh, I guess that's the opposite. Never mind. <laughs> so, all right, let's let's talk about let's, this. Yeah, let's let's talk about this. So, for starters, um, I mean, let's let's talk about just the fact that they have their Leo son. Okay, how do you talk to somebody with a Leo son? You have to come at it with them coming to you first. Yeah, you can't go to them and be like, "This is how I think you should be doing things," or you just can tell them, "God, you're like so beautiful and wonderful." Like, just tell them how you feel. Like, encourage them. But don't come at them with like demanding advice. They will not take well. No, unsolicited advice is the quickest way to get them like pissed off at you. Yeah, especially with Leo. Yes, exactly. Now, having their Venus in Virgo, that's also challenging because they're going to have that caretaker. They're also going to be a little bit more timid, to be completely honest, and they're going to be perfectionist. So no matter what they do when it comes to approaching a crush, everything has to be meticulously perfect or they will never do it. Absolutely. I agree. Right. Yeah. So if I were looking at this and I was like, you know, I think the part that confuses me the most, though, is that you're saying they're confused whether or not they have a crush on someone. Are you confused if they do or have they came and did they come and tell you that they were confused? I would say give us a little bit more detail and then maybe we can answer this more on our next question episode about relationships. Yeah, I agree because this is I need any more substance here. So, oh, God. This is our next question. Oh, my God. This is terrible. Oh, <laughs> okay. This is from at H Manus. You are officially on my shit list. This is advice for Virgos and Virgo partners. Okay. So here are a few relationship tips of Virgos, especially if you're a Venus Virgo or if you're both. You have a lot of anxiety in relationships. So anxiety is obviously a common phenomenon for Virgos, especially the beginning of relationships, like the first six months. So that's because you worry about everything. You get anxious. Where is the relationship going? And because you're introspective, I think you get even worse. So you have to do your best to try to stay out of your head. And my solution for that is to be super upfront. So you cannot apologize over what you want and expect in a relationship. You, I know you want to be like that really chill, carefree person in a relationship, but you're not, you're just, you're not like, you're absolutely entirely not. And that's okay. That if anything, you know, in a way that's kind of exciting, but that's not, it's just not you. And it just adds more stress and anxiety when you hold things in, don't leave things open. Don't play games. When you don't communicate to your partner what you need, you play games with them. You need to respect the clarity that you want. And if it doesn't work out your way, then you need to move on. And then you're going to save yourself a lot of heartbreak. Being shy doesn't mean you're boring. So if you're a Virgo, you're more of an introverted personality. And yeah, maybe your rising sign is something that's more extroverted, but your emotions are pretty introverted. That doesn't mean that you're boring and not interesting. You're actually very interesting and have a lot of cool insights. So just own that and, you know, try to do your best to open up about your feelings as best as you can. But don't do that thing where you're like, that's just how I am because that's irritating. And this is where I get into don't bottle up your emotions. So Virgo's are notorious for bottling up their emotions and their fears and they don't because they don't really trust people and then they keep all their feelings within them but it's okay you can speak to your closest friends about stuff and trust them so if you're feeling really alone in a relationship don't keep your problems locked up you need to be vulnerable in order to feel more secure and happy in your relationship which is the next part so if you found someone you think is the person you want to be with don't hide back how you feel. In fact, if you can be vulnerable around them and let them know about all your fears and your nervousness and tell them what you need in a relationship, you're going to have a much more meaningful relationship. That, And then you'll know if the person is it. Because if a person doesn't want to reciprocate, they're literally a horrible match for you. 
because it means that they're never going to give you what you need and you're going to be emotionless in the relationship. So keep yourself away from the negativity because you're really negative and you're critical of others, then you're somebody that can kind of not ever feel satisfied. So when you are dating, don't let the negative thoughts cloud your vision and ruin what could be a really good relationship. And lastly, respect yourself. So due to sort of the anxiety and pressure that you put in your relationship to be perfect, Virgos are really people that will kind of like not focus on their own concerns between them and their partners. And they'll sort of be like, oh, I don't want to be a burden. And so they'll kind of go with the flow and hide their emotions. So in a relationship, you have to remember to stick up for yourself and be honest with the kind of person you are and what you expect in the relationship. And if you're not being treated well, don't take it and move the fuck on. And I'm going to drop the mic there and we're going to continue because I feel like there's nothing left to say. Okay. She doesn't want me to retort with anything. No, because so remember how like we take talked the earlier. Advice. Take remember, the advice. Remember how we talked earlier about the Virgo Pisces thing, and I was like, boom, in your face. Yeah, she just did that to me. Okay, Jack. This is from Emma Woods, thirteen. Advice for a younger Taurus female and older Gemini male relationship. I'm really curious what the age gap is here for starters. Yeah, me too. Right? Because I've never heard someone say younger Taurus, older Gemini. Hopefully Emma Woods 13 is not 13. Uh, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no. And hopefully she wasn't born in 2013 either. Um. Anyway, so... Gemini men are usually very carefree spirits. They can be super intense. They're going to be really flirty. You're going to feel like the center of their attention until you don't hear from them the next day. That's just how they are, right? Be careful. They are known for having crazy mood swings. Literally, like, that's their thing. And as a Taurus female, you actually might have the patience to tolerate all of this, which Gemini will love you for that because you are so consistent and supportive. None of the other earth signs can handle that. Actually, there's not a whole lot of people that can handle how mood swingy Gemini can be. No, but Taurus do the same thing. So, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, you're unlikely to be completely satisfied physically. Heads up. Air signs are all about getting in your head. So, making sex something really cerebral. And you're an earth sign, specifically a Taurus. So, you want, actually, no, no, you need really intense physical here energy, right? So, I personally do not like this match. Mm. I know that we've talked a lot about signs that are right next to each other and like cusps and all of that. But I just personally, if I was a female Taurus, I actually, I could see this working if it was a male Taurus and a female Gemini. Yeah. I could see. Yeah. Like I could see that working or someone who has more feminine energy as the Gemini and more masculine energy as the Taurus. But I do not see this functioning because I think what's going to happen here, especially since you're dating an older Gemini male, you're going to second guess yourself so much in this relationship and you're going to create so much insecurity and so much self-doubt that you're going to lose sight of who you are because you're going to put this person on a pedestal because they've charmed the shit out of you. And then you're going to end up getting your heart broken. Yeah. Like I, I see that happening. I agree. I agree. So but if you're already in the relationship, then congratulations. Right. No, I mean like, think about it. Like, I mean, I've definitely been in relationships with older Gemini men as a Virgo. Yeah. I always, that's always been my case has always been an older Gemini. It doesn't, it doesn't bode well. There's, there's talk down to you. It's, to it's my experience. It's a ghost, right? The relationship yeah. never ends. No, it, they just disappear. Yeah. So, you know, so you never get the closure that you need and then they'll just keep texting you and being like, Hey, what's up? Yeah. Right. Agreed. So yeah. like 
if you're if you're in it god bless go to therapy if you're not already like i believe in you should go to therapy even if you're not having problems specifically when you're not having problems so that way you have it's kind of like getting your blood work done when you're healthy right Mm -hmm. you need a baseline (laughs) so you know but if you're not in the relationship with this person and you're just entertaining it i would walk away so that's my two cents anyway lonnie how do you maintain a virtual friendship between a leo and a libra this is from kiro desi so i did do research on this so I think that Leo have a lot of friends and admirers and fans and Libra are kind of exactly the same. So this, you have to remember that you can't get too upset if it takes each of these signs to take a while to get back to you because they have a lot going on even online. So Libra is really sociable. They appreciate a lot of communication with their friends. So Leo, you have to do a good job at checking in with them. They like knowing their friends are doing okay. And even when, especially when like their world is feeling off balance, it's important that their, their friends communicate with them. Libras are really good with texting right back and sticking to plans, but Libras get a little too into their romantic relationships. So if they like drop off the face of the earth, sometimes it's, don't take it personally. It's just because they're really in their relationships and their feels. A friendship between a Leo and a Libra is a mutual assistance and collaboration, they said. So there are two signs apart in the Zodiac. So they comprehend each other really well and they communicate really well with each other. So I do see that an online relationship could actually work really well. But the biggest issue I see here is that they just have very, you know, big social lives. And I could see them kind of drifting apart from each other, especially when it comes to romance. They're going to get lost in the DMs. I'm sorry. Like, I, I think that's, yeah, because each one of you requires so much attention that I just think that it's going to be really hard to feed that hunger. Yeah. And just the biggest, the coolest thing I read was that the most interesting aspect of this relationship is that their friendship springs from the most basic of human partnership, the combination of masculine and feminine energy. Leo and Libra could help each other a great deal and could learn a lot from each other. Each friend provides exactly what the other lacks and together they could have a really well-balanced relationship. So I do think that your relationship could be a little bit difficult if you're not communicating, but you have to remember at the core that just because you don't always talk to your friends doesn't mean that, you know, you're not friends. You don't have to talk all the time. I mean, I like talking all the time. I think it's important, but you still have this like very well-balanced relationship. So just remember you're fairly similar in how you approach social situations. So you might just be busy and it's just something to remember. And I see Leo wanting a lot of attention and Libra wanting a lot of communication. So they just, just something that they're going to need to work on. So text each other frequently, try to do FaceTime talks, write each other letters and, 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 and yeah, I mean, you guys will be just fine. I think. Okay. Jack, my friend who's a Gemini rants to me about university, but it gives me aqua, lots of peer pressure and negativity. This is by issues. So I hate to break it to you, but this is literally always going to stress you out. Um, when Ilana and I were younger, uh, she would call me while she was at school, like when she was in college and I dropped out of school, it stressed me out a lot. And I felt a lot of pressure because I dropped out that I wasn't going to succeed or I felt like she would look down on me because of it. Her and I've had a lot of talks about this. Um, it, it really, it affected our relationship because I couldn't talk about it and I didn't know how to share it and she didn't realize that I was taking something that she really wasn't talking about me or to me or anything like that she wasn't trying to hurt me it was just something that she was talking about but because I'm so damn sensitive and don't know how to be like oh that's not about me I probably shouldn't internalize that it caused a rift that was literally just due to a miscommunication so 
I do think that there's some personal shadow work that you have to do for yourself here. I am literally just giving you my piece of advice and how I would move forward with this. So take it for what you will. There's a couple different things though. And I think that this is probably something that bleeds over into other parts of your life. So I want you to apply it everywhere. So identify this situation. So we know that having conversations with your Gemini friend makes you feel a certain way. We got that down. But are there any other situations that are going to make you feel the same? Maybe at work, maybe something going on at home, maybe with another friend or a partner. Has something changed in your life recently? And then once you've identified that situation, become more aware of your thoughts and beliefs in it. So this includes self-talk. So what you're telling yourself, your interpretation of what the situation means, and then your thoughts, whether positive or negative, or maybe they're just neutral. But just think about it. Ask yourself, is, is this thought true? And also, would you say it to a friend, right? Then ask yourself whether your view is consistent with facts and logic or whether, exp or whether other explanations for the situation might be plausible. So it can be really hard to recognize inaccuracies in your own personal way of thinking and any long held beliefs can feel really normal and factual to you, even though they're honestly just opinions and perceptions, right? It is very hard to dictate or know a fact when you're experiencing like something, right? Like you're never going to know the fact of it. You just have your perception and your opinion of what happened. You should really pay attention to any thought patterns, though, that are eroding your self-esteem because I do think that this really stems from a self-esteem and self-worth issue. So things to things to make note of. Are you doing any type of like all or nothing thinking? So you'll either see things as all good or all bad. Uh, mental filtering. So you only see negatives and then you'll dwell on it, which can also distort your view of a person or a situation. Like, for example, I distorted my perception of Ilana because I got sucked into this mental filtering of negatives, right? Negatives into our relationships, which then bleeds over to this other, which is converting positives into negatives, where you reject your achievements and other positive experiences by insisting they don't count. I still struggle with this. Ilana struggles with this. Yep. We go, oh yeah, we're running a company together. We have a podcast together. I'm in school. She's got like her freaking books that she's doing, but it's not enough. And it's like, you can't, you can't allow yourself to like even talk about it because you feel like you're bragging and then you put yourself down. You're like, but it's not enough. Like somebody else has done more. Like I can't really talk about it. Like it's fine. Right. You discount things, your achievements that's not healthy, right? We should be comfortable talking about our achievements. So your positive experiences do count. Jumping to negative conclusions. So you'll reach negative conclusions when you have little or no evidence to support it. This is, this is definitely a spiral, okay? Mistaking feelings for facts. So you'll confuse your feelings or your beliefs with facts. Like, I feel like a failure, so that must mean that I am a failure. This is a lot of negative self-talk. So you undervalue yourself. You put yourself down. You use self-deprecating humor. Like, well, I don't deserve any better. I know we got really deep here, didn't we, Lana? I'm sorry. So you'll want to adjust your thoughts and beliefs and the way that you can replace any of that negative or inaccurate thought into something that's more constructive. So here's a couple strategies that we think will help. Ilana's going to hate when I end this because she's going to be like, damn it, Jackie, they're going to send messages again. So use really hopeful statements. So treat yourself with kindness, encouragement. Instead of thinking, you know, that your presentation isn't going to go well, try telling yourself things like, even though it's tough, I can handle this situation. You need to learn how to forgive yourself. Everybody makes mistakes and mistakes aren't permanent reflections on you as a person. They are isolated moments in time. Please tell yourself I made a mistake, but that doesn't make me a bad person. You should avoid should and must statements. If you find that your thoughts are full of these words, you might be putting unreasonable demands on yourself or 
others. Removing these words from your thoughts can lead to more realistic expectations. Try focusing on the positive. Think about the parts in your life that work well and consider the skills that you've used to cope with challenging situations. Consider what you've learned. If it was a negative experience, what might you do differently the next time to create a more positive outcome? Relabeling any upsetting thoughts. So you don't need to react negatively to negative thoughts. Instead, think of that negative thought as signals to try new healthy patterns and ask yourself, what can I think of? you know, to, to do or make le- this situation less stressful. And finally, like, you just got to encourage yourself. Sometimes, sometimes we have to be our own personal cheerleader and you have to give yourself some credit for making positive changes. Right. And I think that's a really, 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 really big deal. Um, here's where Ilana's going to not be happy with me. So we have a thought record and a feeling wheel that can help you with this. She's rolling her eyes. And of course, you know, you should always feel okay going to your friend, letting them know, hey, whenever you talk like this, it makes me feel this way. Do you think that we could try talking about it differently? Or is there someone else that you can talk to while I work on this? You don't want to close the door to that friendship because I can see this person specifically because they're a Gemini being like, oh, well, if I can't talk to you about this, I can't talk to you about anything. Yeah. Right. You can see them. You can see them shutting down and becoming defensive when the reality is, is like, hey, this isn't this. it's not good for what I'm working on right now. And right now you really got to look inward and think about why am I feeling this pressure and negativity from person who's just talking about school? Yeah, I agree. Was that, was that too deep, Ilana? No, it was great. I loved it. I was just listening. Okay. Um, I mean, do you, do you have any advice that you want to add? No, I think we're good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So moving on to the next question. Oh, this is great. I would love to know how to deal with my mom. So this is from Il Bambino Lunaire. Virgo dealing with Libra help. <laughs> okay. So I got these great, like I just got a list of, I don't even know where I got them, but I got a list of advice and it's great. So Virgo, don't take things too seriously. Lighten up. There is more than one way to get things done. Okay. It's important. Go every season, go through your things and get rid of stuff you don't need or spark joy. Why? Both Virgo and Libra have a tendency to collect junk. Virgo works with their hands, which brings in all kinds of trinkets. And Libra is sentimental and likes to have things here and there. Just be careful not to get rid of something you do like. Don't try to make it only a Libra relationship or a Virgo relationship. Virgo, consider their and their partner's emotions before speaking. So consider Libra's emotions before you speak. Not everyone thinks the way you do. Libra are going to do well to schedule time for creativity and other things for practicality. So you need to respect that as well. And then try new things together. Take cooking and art classes or try out new sports. Also, maybe like take a break from grinding and try some sort of trip together so you can kind of ground yourself better. Virgo, write things down that your Libra says. Make lists of what they think and what they like so you can surprise them later. Libras really like spontaneity and surprises. Uh, Virgo, know when enough is enough. Don't always blindly pursue your ambitions. Be happy with where you are. You could also work on a garden or green space together. I loved that one. And lastly, get your Libra flowers and other bright and pretty things. Know your favorite shared drink together, whether it's like wine, tea, or something else. And actually, there's one more. Be open and honest and don't hold secrets. Work on your communication. Thought those were good little bits of advice that I found. I think it's great. You know, it's funny. My mom and I, we we do have a shared, we have a couple shared drinks together. When I was in high school, she used to swing by the Starbucks that I was working at and she would get a quad venti vanilla 2% latte. Yes, I still remember it to Ew. this day. She doesn't drink those anymore. 
Uh, but that's what she drank when I was 18. And so I would always make it for her when I was at work because she used to work nights. Or, Ilana, you remember going to the hospital with me and dropping her off coffee. And now it's, you know, Rosé from somewhere in Woodenville, Washington. So, yeah. No, I think it's great. Okay. Our last question is from, oh, goodness. Anaza0229. I'm a Pisces sun, Capricorn moon, and rising Aries. What is my power couple? I guess, is what type is my power couple? So I think they're asking, like, what is my perfect power couple match? Oh, boy. Okay, so this is kind of intense. Ilana, I'm going to need your help with this one, okay? So let's just kind of take a look back. So in astrology, we know that every planet has a specific role, right? Okay. Yes, yes. Okay, so think about, like, your sun, right, which is your Pisces. That's kind of exposing any type of truth. And there's honestly, like... There's nothing more important than authenticity. So when you're focusing on your sun sign and you're connecting your sun sign, you're more likely to get in touch with your spiritual core. Now, this seems weird because we're used to thinking of spirituality as being your moon or your Venus. But I think for your power couple, looking at another a sun sign that you know complements you or helps you is the best way to go here. Well, yeah. And there's no celestial body more powerful than the sun anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's illuminating your essence. Yeah. 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 It's the most yeah. important shit. So by using your sun sign, okay, you're able to kind of practice things with empathy, which is very, it's very interesting, but you're a Pisces. So of course you're practicing everything with empathy because you're just wonderful. And the spun in the sponge, the sun inspires us to live our best lives. And we thrive when we honor that, right? You, I always find that whenever I am cleaning or in service, I am happiest because I think that's because I'm honoring my Virgo. So you know, and you know, Pisces, they thrive when they embrace their psychic abilities. So that's just like you. So now that that's kind of wrapped up, right? Ilana, tell me what you think as far as like, now that they've honored this person, they've honored their Pisces, right? They know that these are the things, this is how complex I am. I, you know, I want to embrace my psychic abilities. I want to be spiritual. I want to be powerful. I want to embrace my celestial body. Where do they go from there? Okay. So yeah. So you're, you have a lot of potential as a water sign. You have to embrace all your sensitivities and psychic abilities. So it's not always easy to, to have that. And so you really need someone that sort of like helps you connect with that. So who do I think you should pair with for a power couple? I would say probably a Scorpio, a Virgo, or a Capricorn. Those to me are the best for like a power couple. When I think of power couple, I think of maybe someone you could have like a business with. Cause I'm, I'm not saying that a perfect match soulmate or whatever. I'm talking about someone that I think you would have like a good business friendship and loving relationship with Scorpio. I think will like really motivate you to dive into your feelings and really become your true Pisces self. And I think that Virgo is just going to make you an adult and Cap- <laughs> Capricorn will probably invest in your company and probably be your CEO. So, I mean, that's if you just want me to be super general. I do think cancers are great, but I think that's more of like a loving, supportive relationship. And I feel the same way about Taurus. That's more like familial, I feel. Yeah, well, like well sibling. No. Oh, I like them together. But I think if you want someone that's going to like push you and really help you achieve things and be your power couple, those are the three that I would go for personally. The moon sign thing and the, the rising to me doesn't feel relevant here as much. Um, but I think that if you really want to get like granular, then I think that finding someone with a moon that's 
I don't know, probably not, probably another earth moon would be nice. Just someone that like, like doesn't like get like, you know what I mean? That can really, or a water moon. And then the rising make probably means that you're, um, a more like outgoing Pisces. So you would, I think it would be cool to find another fire rising or an air rising as well. So yeah. similar to Colin, he's got similar placements. So yeah. yeah, except he has an air moon. Yeah. So that, what do you think? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm on board. I think that anytime you have water and fire, they need earth to push them forward. I really do. Uh, I would love to hang out with this person. We would, we would get along. I would love them. Spectacularly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, your moon is like totally complimentary of our suns. We have, we all have fi- rising fire. Your sun is complimentary of our suns. Like it's just, it, I know her. It works. <laughs> we you talk, do. Yes. We talk a lot. Oh geez. Yes. But yeah, no, when, when we talk about power couples, I see dollar signs. Me too. I see yeah. like, I see like 1980s, like shoulder pads, suits, power like suits, yeah. people like, you know, just, commanding the streets of new york like i'm gonna make money bitch like that's how i see it like i see like dalla dalla bills like wolf of wall street status type we stuff. watched that this weekend oh Funny. you did yeah <laughs> again for like the 15th time so we really want to thank you all for the wonderful questions that you sent in i'm sorry if we didn't get to everyone but we tried to get to everybody we're going to be doing other episodes like this featuring other subjects i think jack don't we have like other questions like general questions or something like that we do which we'll slowly be filtering in uh we've decided as as you guys all know our intros are constantly a work in progress (laughs) so we've gone from compatibility horoscope to cards in a box to now we're going to be answering a couple of your questions at the beginning of each episode so look for that awesome yeah so just let us know if you have any other questions and in the meantime jack take it away all right guys please remember to rate review and subscribe to the podcast we're available on all platforms right now reviews are super helpful they really 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 are and also they just boost our self-esteem and make us feel really good please remember to follow us on instagram at the vicious virgos as well as tiktok and twitter even though i'm like rarely on it and i never use it neither does ilana Please also make sure to follow the Just Girl Project on Instagram at Just Girl Project because, you know, they're our BFFs and we love them. We love your questions and we love, 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 love how much you guys actually pay attention to our episodes. So when you're like, oh, my God, I heard this in your episode. Could you elaborate more on it? I don't think anything makes us happier, does it? Oh, God, no. Okay. All right. Well, without further ado, we guys, we hope that you guys have a great week and hope you enjoyed our surprise Thursday episode. So for your weekend plans, we always tell you to stay, stay vicious. vicious. Bye. When the sky looks like a UFO and you feel so. Alive.